We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the College Football DFS Cash Plays with Travis May. You may know me from my work at Rotoviz, the Dynasty Command Center podcast, my work covering the Titans for SB Nation's Music City Miracles, or perhaps maybe you just haven't heard of me at all. Either way, that's fine. I'm, I'm here to talk about college football and, and perhaps help you win some money playing this fantasy football thing. But if you want to reach out to me after this short and sweet little episode here and have any questions on any of the top DFS plays for this week in college football, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. That is at FF underscore Travis M. That is the best place to reach out to me, make fun of how horrible all of my picks are for this week. Every week of the 2019 season, I'll be outlining the top college football DFS plays of the week. Trying to keep it short and sweet so you can just get to plugging in your lineups. And yes, it is officially college football season week zero, whatever that means. I'm not sure why they decided to call it week zero instead of week one. I mean, I get it. It's not really a full slate and it's not really all the teams. But week zero, it just sounds kind of like it's meaningless. Obviously, it can't be as meaningless as, let's say, the NFL preseason. But it's still... 
week zero, whatever it means. I don't really care. I'm just excited because football, real football, meaningful football is back. Bring it on, baby. Yes, let's bring it on because football is here to stay for the next few months. But I just want to jump in right away. And like I said, keep it short for you guys so you can plug in those lineups. I know, uh, I don't know when you're listening to it. Maybe you're just trying to lock in your lineups eh, 10, 15 minutes uh, before the game. So I don't want to waste any of your time. I want to talk about the best DFS cash plays. And uh, if you want to kind of see all of what I'm going to say in print form, definitely check it out at Rotoviz. I'm going to be talking through some of the, the same names you'll find on my weekly piece covering DFS cash plays. First off, this week, obviously, there's only it's a two game short slate. So not a lot of players to choose from when you're trying to build your lineups. Obviously, you could try to get cute, plug in some cheaper options here and there. But really, in cash, if you're unfamiliar with, you know, trying to just win, uh, you don't have to win big. You don't have to be the winner of a grand prize, you know, the GPP type pool play. You don't need like some crazy 3000 minimum uh, minimum dollar player to go off for you in, in cash. You just need to get pick a safe but unique lineup that's going to get you in the top tier of lineups this week. So I want to help you with that. There are four teams playing this weekend. Obviously, the first marquee matchup, the the bigger kind of prime time slot game is Miami Hurricanes versus the Florida Gators. Obviously, those names and those players, a lot of you are probably going to be a little bit more familiar with than, let's say, the second game, which has Arizona and Hawaii. Uh, Obviously, many of you might already be familiar with Khalil Tate. Uh, Maybe some of you who really like the Pac-12 or really like Arizona might be familiar with J.J. Taylor or something like that. But for the most part, the names you know, uh, if you aren't just a crazy college football fanatic like myself, are going to be in the Miami versus Florida game. And obviously, that's going to be tempting uh, when you're trying to build these lineups to to kind of go with the names that you know more so than the names that you don't know. But uh, I'm going to try to help identify some some players you might not know to help build the perfect lineup. Obviously, I'm not going to be going player by player, plugging these guys in and saying, this is the lineup you need to go with. I'm going to give you a a player pool to choose from and to stick to when you're building your lineups this weekend. Then I'll start it off with quarterback because obviously if you're playing, let's say you're playing on DraftKings, you got quarterbacks, you got running backs, you got wide receivers, you got, you know, the super flex position, you got a flex position. Uh, All in all, you got $50,000 to spend on your perfect lineup. But obviously, in many cases, if you want to cash, you're going to be starting two quarterbacks in many cases. But this week, the prices for the quarterbacks, they're wide stretching just just for a four quarterback, uh, realistically four quarterbacks to choose from. Truthfully, there's only two quarterbacks that you should really consider this weekend at all because Khalil Tate, $9,000, that's expensive. Cole McDonald, $8,800 for Hawaii. That's expensive. But those two are really the only quarterbacks that you can trust this weekend at all if you're playing in a cash setting. Uh, Why is that? Why just those two? Well, for starters, obviously, uh, Felipe Franks for Florida, he's at $7,200. That seems like an enticing price. Jaron Williams, he's dirt cheap because he basically only has three pass attempts to his name. He's $6,100. That seems like, man... 
I can save like three, almost 3K right there and plug that in and make my flex positions a lot better. But truthfully, because of week one, just what week one generally is, the, the flex players, the running backs, the wide receivers, not everyone's role is as clear as you might think. The guys that you're, you're plugging in, you think you know that they're better values at the flex position, but really you, you just got to play it safer. And even though Khalil Tate and Cole McDonald are expensive and they cost almost 18K together, plugging them both into your lineup, it's worth every penny. Because if, if you look at it and break it down, just per game stats, uh, between the, the three quarterbacks that have any stats to really go off of and look at their per game numbers in 2018, uh, obviously Cole McDonald is, is the easy play here. Hawaii just, they spread it out. They've got a run and shoot type scheme. They, they have four wide receivers on the field all day long. They, they throw the ball a ton. Uh, last year, Cole McDonald averaged about 300 yards passing in full games that he played. He was actually the team's leading rusher on top of that, averaging almost 28 rushing yards per game. Had, I think, almost three passing touchdowns per game and about a half rush touchdown per game as well. Great per game numbers. In fact, because Khalil Tate, if you're familiar with Khalil Tate for Arizona at all, uh, Khalil Tate just two seasons ago had over 1,400 rushing yards, but last season was not 100% health-wise. He was learning a new scheme, more of a, of, of a uh, pro-style scheme than what he was running just a year prior, uh, and so he didn't see the crazy rushing numbers, and actually Cole McDonald for Hawaii did outrush him. And in fact, Felipe Franks, even on a, on a per-game basis, outrushed Khalil Tate, which is weird, and it probably won't happen this year, but Khalil Tate as a passer actually averaged over 250 yards Per game, so if he adds any rushing upside to that this week, uh, we're in for a, a good thing uh, from Khalil Tate. And of course, Cole McDonald is just the chalk play, uh, mainly because uh, they just pass a ton. But Arizona's defense and Hawaii's defense—they're not great, uh, so the, the, they're an easy matchup for each other. Fel Felipe Franks, obviously, he probably played a tougher schedule than either one of those quarterbacks last season, but he couldn't even average 200 passing yards per game. He had a couple decent games down the stretch last year, but in week one and in, in kind of a rivalry matchup, you might want to reconsider if you're thinking about plugging in Felipe Franks to any of your cash lineups. Uh, and just to break it down even further, there's a, there's a, a price drop off, but the implied points or it's really important when you're when you're thinking about cash plays and looking for safer options. The implied points uh, of the games uh, when you look at Arizona versus Hawaii and Florida versus Miami right now, uh, the over under that betting line over under is around 74 points uh, as of uh, Thursday night. The 74 points looks to be scored between Arizona and Hawaii versus just 47. For Florida and Miami, that's nearly 30 points difference. The, obviously, uh, the guys that are placing these lines and, and, and the experts that like to project uh, how these offenses are going to score think that the Florida and Miami game is just not going to be a very high-scoring affair. And, and I believe that because Florida's coming off a 10-win season and they're playing a quarterback that has three passing attempts to his name uh, who didn't even really believe he was going to be the starter just until like two weeks ago. He was quoting as quoted as saying he was surprised. He had he had no idea he was going to be given the opportunity to start. There's going to be lots of pressure on Miami, 
and they're not going to really score a ton of points. And Florida, they won't have to score a ton of points. The line seven and a half right now, and I think that's pretty generous towards Miami, assuming that it's going to be kind of a closer game. I think that it might be in the end, but Florida likes to run the ball, and they have a committee when they do so. I think that they'll be grinding out the clock after they get a lead, especially you know, late into the third quarter, then it's not going to be a high-scoring affair. Obviously, it might be tough for you to to spend 18k or so of your $50,000 budget uh, on uh, players that uh, you may have never even heard of with Cole McDonald. Uh, and maybe you're a little bit suspect of Khalil Tate coming off a year where his rushing production was just not there. I get it. But you're going to put yourself in a major hole if you don't start even both of these guys. If you if you absolutely have to fade one, uh, it, I would not start Felipe Franks. I would go for go for it all with uh, Jaron Williams. It's not super safe. I'm not advising that. But if you're going to go with any other quarterback not named Cleo Tate or Cole McDonald, I'd go with Jaron Williams. So you free up that three thousand dollars in room to to help your flex jaron williams actually if you look at even back to his high school stats he he can add some in the rushing game so that might be enough to give him a safe score for the week but i just can't project it with much confidence but let's move away from the quarterback position because that's not everyone's favorite to talk about now (laughs) the running backs this week it's not a very long, sexy list. I mean, like when you when you run it down, like even at the top guys, you're talking about J.J. Taylor. You're talking about Michael Pirine. You're talking about you know D.J. Dallas, and uh, you know the list goes on. I mean, I bet you can't even really name one of the the Hawaii running backs right now. And so, really, it just kind of leaves you. Uh, yeah, it's not you know it's, it's just not very exciting. It, it, it's just crickets at the running back position unless you're really familiar with JJ Taylor because he is the guy. He's just the obvious super mega chalky play uh, for a reason. He was he's the anchor and should be the anchor of most rosters this weekend. He's a running back for Arizona. I don't know if you know this, but Arizona replaced basically their entire receiving core, at least the starting group, uh, this past season. And Taylor, already last year, accounted for about 75% of Arizona's running back carries. And he could even see a greater percentage of that. And I think they're going to be relying on on him, especially once they get an early lead. Uh, Arizona is about an 11-point favorite right now. So they should score a lot, and they should score on the ground, and they should grind out the clock to end the game. So I think J.J. Taylor, his floor is in fact better than the ceiling of just about every other running back in this short slate this week. So even though he is a little bit more expensive this week, he's the play and you just kind of have to, if you if you don't have him, if you don't have Tate, if you don't have McDonald in a cash lineup this week, it's going to be kind of tough. You might put yourself in a hole. You can make your lineup unique in other ways, but those guys are the most expensive, and they are chalky. It's hard to invest that much in it, but you just got to pull the trigger because there's so many values still at the flex position, and especially the wide receiver position. There's a bunch of value to be had there, but we'll get to that. But uh, the moving on to the best value on the other favorite to win, uh, which is Florida, Malik Davis looks to be the best value right now because he's only $3,700. The, the absolute lowest price you can spend on a player is three k. And he's much cheaper than his other backfield mates. Michael Pirine is 
at 6,200 as the uh, presumed starter for the Gators. And uh, Damian Pierce is actually somehow more expensive than Malik Davis. In fact, over 11, he's $1,100 more expensive than Malik Davis when the depth chart that Florida released just a few days ago has Malik Davis as the running back too. And, and let's just look at how last year Florida used their running backs one, two, and three. If you look at it, the rush attempts between the one and two option, uh, Florida really liked to use P. Ryan and Jordan Scarlett last year. Uh, the, the running back three was kind of Damian Pierce most of the, of the time, but it was only because Malik Davis actually was hurt early on in the season. He would have probably been the three, if not almost the two. He actually had a pretty decent 2017 campaign. A lot of people thought that he would build off of that. And I think he can do that this year as the running back too because Florida likes to have a one-two punch as demonstrated by last year and how they distributed their touches. About 11 touches for both the one and two. 11.3 touches per game. 11.3 touches per game went to the running back one on average. And 10.9 touches went to the running back two. That's a difference of like one half touch per game between the running back one and two. And if we trust the depth chart at all, you got LaMichael P. P. Ryan, who's projecting for 11.3 touches, if we trust that, last year's workload with the same coaching staff. And Malik Davis, if he is the two, he's he's just going to be barely behind and should see significant work in a situation where they should be winning. So they both of them should perhaps even see more than the typical allotted 11 touches in a game. And Malik Davis, if he gets up to 15 touches against Miami, that, that's an amazing workload for a guy that is at 3,700 versus a much more expensive Michael Pirine at 6,200 and Damian Pierce, who is right now the, the three and is somehow more expensive at 4,800. So seems to me that Malik Davis is a, is a guy I'm plugging in everywhere because he's super cheap and it allows me to, to stack the wide receiver position with some absolute money Hawaii re- receivers that we'll get to here shortly. Outside of those two guys, uh, I I really do like DJ uh, DJ Dallas for Miami. He is 5,800, but he's a much better value than Michael Pirine because the running back one last year for Miami averaged about 14 touches per game. They involved him often more in the receiving game as well. So, and people forget DJ Dallas was actually a converted wide receiver, kind of in the. Uh, just like that hybrid role initially, but was slotted in now as the premier lead rusher for Miami. So if he's in that role, he's got some receiving upside and, and a, a young and experienced quarterback might be, uh, you know, captain check down early on and finding that running back uh, when there's no one else open for Miami. And he's uh, pressured early on by the Florida defense. Obviously Florida lost some pieces, but they're still probably going to bring the pressure against an inexperienced quarterback who might find DJ Dallas for a safe PPR floor in cash. And I think his upside is greater than anybody in the Florida committee. The, uh, the only buddy and really there's no, no one else really on Miami that I, I can project as a running back that with confidence that I think is going to, I mean, there's Cameron Davis, there's there's Lorenzo Lingard, but I'm not really sure that they're going to plug in and have a significant role. But if you want to get cute and you want to have another near you know minimum price guy, um, but not quite, uh, Fred Holly is probably the Hawaii back to go with. He's the cheaper uh, of the two uh, presumed kind of one-two punch for Hawaii 
but I'm really, if I can avoid it, I'd rather just stack my wide receiver position and find maybe one value so I don't have to play any Hawaii run back, running backs because, like I said, Cole McDonald was actually the lead rusher for Hawaii. So the floor is absolutely horrible for the Hawaii backs. But let's move on to wide receiver. Like I said, going to keep this short and sweet. Cedric Bird and JoJo Ward. If you don't know those names right now and you're going to be playing very much college football DFS this season, you're going to get to know both these guys. And this is actually probably the cheapest that either one of them are going to be uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, and it's because Hawaii just throws the ball uh, an unreasonable amount uh, of the time. They, they throw about 40 attempts per game in some cases more, especially uh, in situations where they are losing and, and they, they are projected to be an 11-point dog going in this week. Bird is at 6,900. JoJo Ward is at 6K. So they're both pretty expensive in this shorter slate. But uh, they were the wide receiver one and two, or sorry, two and three uh, for Hawaii last year behind John Ursua. But Ursua is actually now in the NFL and so they project to be the wide receiver one and two. Uh, and both of them had at least about 900 yards and nine scores last year. Uh, and both should exceed those numbers this year with a pretty safe floor. But the, there is going to be probably one more value play on Hawaii's roster this year, uh, this year at wide receiver and perhaps this week at wide receiver. And if you look at JoJo Ward's stats last year, he was the wide receiver three. Uh, the typical wide receiver three line for Hawaii was still startable most weeks. In fact, nine out of 13 weeks last season, the wide receiver three for Hawaii still hit double-digit fantasy points. Uh, looking at uh, JoJo Ward's numbers last year, he actually had a week of over 30 points. He had two weeks over 20 points. Uh, really, that role is going to be a coveted role in, in identifying who that wide receiver three is going to be on Hawaii could be the difference between cashing and not cashing. If you want to fill it out uh, and get studs everywhere, but maybe the flex spot, I'm going to give you the name that, that should be the guy to, to slide into that wide receiver three role. That could be a double digit guy that could be a 20 point play this week. Jared smart is the, the most intriguing Juco guy to join Hawaii recently. It seems every single year Hawaii adds some kind of Juco player and immediately gives them a role. And uh, right now, Jared Smart is actually projected to be the left outside wide receiver for Hawaii, yet somehow he's minimum priced. Minimum priced, yes. 3K, Jared Smart, Hawaii. Minimum priced wide receiver projected to start on an offense that absolutely gives you three wide receivers every week that, that could be an upside play and should have some kind of floor. So you might be wrong, but if you're right with Jared Smart, if, and, and he's the Juco guy that's coming in to have a role right away as a starter, it seems to me that he is in a good spot and is absolutely cheap. So if you have to, and you want to stack every single other position and just plug Smart in, that's Jared Smart into your flex position, that would be a pretty sexy play at wide receiver. But moving on to... Arizona, uh, that might be the most confusing set of wide receivers. Well, one of the most confusing set of wide receivers going into the season in all of college football because they lost Sean Brown. They, they lost uh, Sean Poindexter. They lost Terry Ellison or Tony Ellison, rather, and not to mention a couple other death guys. And so the only real veteran who's basically caught a ball in, in college football is Cedric Peterson. 
Uh, and so he's he's more expensive this week because he's the only name that is returning. But I think that the guy that could plug into the Shun Brown role, that the who was essentially the wide receiver one for Arizona last year, is Brian Castile, whose price is only fifty five hundred this week. He could be in that Shun Brown role uh, for Arizona and be that slot slash you know move out to the outside when he's going to take a screen type receiver for Arizona and be the absolute PPR volume type play and be the go-to this week as almost like an extension of the running game for Arizona to kind of be that uh, underneath guy uh, and probably has a pretty safe floor. Uh, and he's not, you know, one of the, the most expensive wide receivers for the week. So that's that's the definite cash play. If you can't squeeze in all the Hawaii receivers onto one team, Castillo would be the go-to there. Drew Dixon is another projected starter. I mean, we've got Cedric Peterson, we've got Brian Castile, and then perhaps Drew Dixon. He is the other starter. He's dirt cheap at 3,200. I don't recommend necessarily going with him, but if you're going to play a large set of lineups and you want to get another cheap option into your flex spot, Drew Dixon is probably the go-to for Arizona. Uh, On to Miami, though. If you look at, uh, you know, their tight end position, who's actually, you know, in, 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 as far as DFS is concerned, he's more of a wide receiver. He's their tight end. But last year, he was kind of the de facto wide receiver, too, for the team behind Jeff Thomas uh, as just a true freshman. He, he came on right away, had a significant role, scored four times, had over 30 catches in his first year. He, he should have an expanded role. And Jeff Thomas is more of a deep threat. Uh, I, I'm not sure that Jaron Williams is going to be comfortable connecting deep with um, Jeff Thomas right away. Brevin Jordan runs the underneath type work. That's the tight end again for Miami slash wide receiver too, really. But he works underneath and up the seam. Basically easier, higher percentage throws for an inexperienced quarterback. I think at $3,700 this week, Jordan brings some interesting upside. If you can't start all the, like I said, if you can't start all the Hawaii wide receivers, you need a value in the flex or maybe your wide receiver slot, uh, wide receiver three slot. Brevin Jordan is an absolute steal right there. But uh, as far as the Florida wide receivers go, I'm not really certain that those guys are going to be trustworthy. I think they're going to be, like I said, relying on the run game. And if you're a huge Tyree Cleveland fan, you're a, you're a huge Van Jefferson fan, I, I, I'm i sorry. I, I, I guess you can just find me on, on Twitter and, and harass me after this if you really want to. But it really, the, the truth is, there's probably not a great value, and I, I don't really want to encash and try to just take a stab at the right Florida wide receiver. So to recap the wide receivers, Cedric Bird, Jojo Ward, both those guys are absolute money. They are expensive, but probably worth every penny at the position. Jared Smart is the cheap upside flex play that I definitely go with because he's minimum priced and should be or could be a wide receiver three for Hawaii. Brevin Jordan, Brian Castile, a couple other players to plug in there at wide receiver. And again, at running back, I'd recommend, you know, choosing some mix of JJ Taylor, DJ Dallas, and Malik Davis. It'd be kind of hard to find the money or space to uh, go with Taylor and Dallas. Uh, but if you plug in both Malik Davis or or Jared Smart and or Jared Smart, you might have room to kind of squeeze that into your roster. But Definitely stick with Tate and McDonald at quarterback. Don't get cute if you want to win some cash in this short slate. Just play it safe, play it smart, the right set of players, and hopefully 
Uh, I give you uh, plenty of uh, good advice in this first episode so that, uh, you know, you can get pumped and uh, just be screaming touchdown uh, a bunch this Saturday. Touchdown! Thanks for joining me for the very first college football DFS cash plays with Travis May. You can look forward to episodes every single week of the 2019 season from me. If you have any questions, again, find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. I look forward to talking college football with you again here soon. Percy's Halloween party. And with a bounce house, pumpkin patch, temporary tattoos and face painting, plus photos with Sir Top and Hat, it's certainly gonna be a treat. So get down to Roaring Camp before all the fun disappears. Weekends October 12th through the 27th. This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub drink and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub salad or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.